You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Our main man, Mr. John Bernard, has released a book entitled Mephibosheth, The Search for Identity, Purpose, and Community. It's an amazing book, and I know it will encourage you and your fellow mentors. While you're at it, pick up my book, You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission, and Break Generational Curses. You can find both of these resources on Amazon or on our website. Lastly, follow us on social media, listen to the podcast, and share everything you find valuable with your mentoring friends. We're here for you, and we want to add value in whatever way we can. Thank you so much. You can mentor. We here at You Can Mentor are toying around with the idea of having a mentoring gathering or conference where mentoring leaders can come, get encouraged and equipped as they lead their ministries. Our goal in this is to create a safe and fun environment where mentors can share stories of struggles and successes while bonding together with their mentoring team and other mentoring leaders all across the country. If you lead a team of mentors and are interested in learning more about this gathering, please reach out to us. We'd love to pick your brain on how to create a gathering that best serves you and your team. Since this is our first year doing it, we want as much input as possible to create the best experience as possible. Thanks, you can mentor. Mentoring leaders, are you looking for a place to discuss important mentoring issues with other people who are passionate about mentoring? If so, let me introduce You Can Mentor Learning Labs, a monthly call with other mentoring leaders to support each other as we lead mentoring organizations and other mentors. Each call will focus on a topic and allow you to share as well as hear from others on the struggles and successes they have had regarding this specific topic. To sign up, please reach out to Zach Garza at Zach at YouCanMentor.com or find us on social media. Thank you. Remember, you can mentor. Welcome, You Can Mentor listener. This is John. I'm sitting down today with a friend named Rich Thompson. Rich, you work at Mentoring Alliance right here in Waco, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What a joy that we can sit down together, both being local Waco guys. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure. It is certainly a pleasure to have you here as well. Rich, you are in the business of mentoring. And so what we want to do, as we always want to do with every podcast recording, is we want to have our listener have the opportunity to be equipped and encouraged in the ministry that they take part in. And so I know that, that I know that you brought the goods today. And so, <laughs> man, I'm ready to hear your story and I'm ready to talk about mentoring. And so without further ado, why don't you just share with us a little bit about who Rich is and, and, and why mentoring is so important? Cool. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, John. Who I am is a vessel. How I even became was I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I lived in a pretty rough neighborhood starting out, and I was it was on 28th, 28th and Highland, second house on the corner. We always had a duck every Friday, always shooting or, you know, something going on. And so growing up in that atmosphere kind of made, you know, you be the survival of the fittest. And so my, my father was a minister and in the church, and so we had that foundation, but still in those those atmospheres and, you know, in, the, in that neighborhood, it was you, you go to school, you, you kind of mix and mingle with those kids. And so that's kind of how I became a little aggressive also with childhood trauma. And so I pretty much every school I was in, 
I got kicked out of for the most part, just not being taken advantage of and making sure that I was able to hold my own. And so, you know, with that being said, like we, we end up moving from there to another neighborhood, which was Hallville, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. And it was around the time where we almost became the murder capital of the world in 1999. And so it's just, you know, just those atmospheres, you know, being a kid, pressure, uh, peer pressure is like, you know, you, you rise to the occasion of defending yourself. And so uh, that became a a lot of kind of the spiral that I, I got kind of caught in. And it wasn't until I got to North Wayne elementary school where I found a principal, her name was Miss Williams, who was very tentative and, made sure that she took care of me well, paid a lot of attention to me, made sure I didn't get away with everything, held me accountable. Never let uh, ADHD or dyslexia be my my issue or my my excuse. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Because some people go through life, but then sometimes they use life as an excuse. Sure. And, so, and what about even, you know, with a diagnosis like that, that, that kind of be, is the label. Right, right. right yeah. Like that defines you. Exactly. So interesting, Miss Williams... Went beyond that oh, in yeah. your life. Yes, sir. She picked me out of the class and, you know, my parents, they, they would come for, you know, those parent teacher conferences and, and they had, they sat me down, they had me tested because nobody knew what was going on. And at that time, Ritalin was <laughs> very heavy. My mom was, did not want to put me on Ritalin. So we tried to find everything else to help. And Miss Williams became that, that help for me. She became my mentor. And so if it wasn't for Miss Williams, I would have possibly gotten kicked out of North Wayne. Every other school after that, I did. <laughs> but but she was she was that person for me in that elementary school. And so then on, you know, there became more mentors, but she was the difference maker for me who kind of steered me in a different direction. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So were you, Rich, were you kind of consciously aware of the power, you know, of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you... You lacked a lot of perspective, like right. we all do. When we're when we when we enjoy the fruits of someone investing in our lives, we don't, you know. Again, we're not we don't have that maturity, and sometimes we even take that for granted, of course. But yeah. maybe when did you start kind of realizing the power of mentoring, the power of someone investing, and how it really can be like a course changer for someone's life? Yeah, the moment that she stepped in, it was it was like, okay, I matter. I'm I don't, I'm not caught in because being in a class and you know some kids have those barriers. And so being amongst other students who are thriving and, you know, the classroom is their sanctuary, that wasn't, you know, my, that wasn't my gifting. And so not fitting in was a big issue for any kid, you know, not, not feeling like they fit in. And so for her to, you know, take me in not fitting in and helping me to navigate not fitting in in classrooms, like, you know, saying that I am special and, you know, keying in on my, I guess, my talents because my dad was a drummer and I was always drumming in class. And so she would pull me out and like, hey, you're a great drummer, but you can't drum in class. And so <laughs> it, was, it was just just seeing and knowing who I was first before trying to fix me, right? And so I think for mentors, I think that can be sometimes our ultimate goal is to, hey, let me fix this kid. I see the need, let me let me get to that that need. And sure. So, Sure. Yeah. And also the, just a really good reminder that as a, the mentor has that power to identify 
what is an asset, right? Like what they're good at, what right. they enjoy yeah. and really kind of nurture that. Even right. if it needs to be like a behavioral issue or like a, Hey, this may be not be the time for it, right. but we want to steer that to be a positive and not just say, Hey, stop doing that. Right. You need to, you need to be quiet and quit moving around. Right. 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 Okay. Man, that's, that's a really powerful thing. So I'm glad that you mentioned brought up uh, drumming. You still drum now. Yes, sir. Isn't yes, sir. That, it's kind of a big part of your life. Big part. So I'm also Waco's street drummer. And that's how that came about is me always drumming in class. Mm. I did a talent show for a school that I was working at and that grabbed the kids' attention. And I'm like, hey, I can use this tool. And they got me kicked out of class as one to grab, you know, the attention of the students to kind of pour into them. And so that's how that came about. And so just giving classes now and just trying to be that difference in the community to show them, hey, you you may be a drummer or you may be a painter or whatever that is, like own it and find the best avenue for you to be successful in it. So that's that's a bit of my mentoring. That's my net, I yeah. guess you would say. You're speaking my so, language. Man. So, yeah. We know this. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Know, we know what it's like, right, to have the desires of your heart be the mm-hmm. thing that connects us to people. Yes, sir. Hey, I want to ask one more question about Miss Williams. Was yeah. The, the time that y'all had together and the opportunities that she had to influence and to encourage you, was that more of a formal setting or was it kind of in passing, kind of organic as she saw you? Or did you ha- kind of have a set uh, meeting time in that? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. We would have a, a time where she would pull me out either for reading, being dyslexic, or I read at a different pace. And so, you know, she she showed me attention in that and she held me accountable. So not letting me, again, you know, just give up on, man, I can't read as fluent as anyone else. And, you know, so in that meeting time, she would kind of stay on me a little bit, encourage me, like, you can do it. But then, you know, in passing, she would be like, hey, how how is your day going? Like, you know, are do you have any problems? Do you want to talk about anything? And just being able to have her as that person in my corner, that, that meant everything. Something that I think is interesting about mentoring in the, in the world of it is it's like anything else. If it's if it's highly defined and structured, which I think it really should be, right? Best right. practices, we should be intentional. Right. But, you know, it's interesting when we're talking about working with teenagers a lot of time, especially, there's this idea, and I kind of faced it in ministry. I think that sometimes there is this, there's this temptation for you to think as one that's maybe being invested in, oh, you know what? You're only doing this because you're my teacher, right. because right. you're my youth minister, right? Yeah. It sounds like Miss Williams, and I've and I, <laughs> I'm taking maybe what you shared and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like she had, she was well balanced in saying, this is our, this is our time together. Right. Formally. I'm the principal. You're the student. I want Mm -hmm. you to be successful. But there was also that element of you. you, Did you truly know that she cared for you rich? Right. And not just saw you as a, as a number or just a whatever greater. Right. Right. Okay. And I think, I think the listener really should pick up on that too. And just say that, both are really important. I think, I think that we have some authority as the, you know, the mentor, maybe we go into the school during lunch and meet, sit down. Right. But I just, I've always found it's really important when we're relating to our uh, mentee that we say, Hey, please know that I'm doing this because I care for you. Not right. just because I'm part of a program. Oh yeah. And, and again, maybe that's even the, the thing that needs to be remembered even today as you're a part of, of a program as well. Yeah. Yep. And so that, that, that's the number one thing for me. Kids pick up on everything. I mean, you don't, I always have to say how you feel. They can they can read it. And so for Miss Williams, it was that her going out of her way and, and and being intentional. And so with you know, at Mentoring Alliance, where I'm current a mentor coach currently, try to put it in my mentors, you know, minds to see the kid, know the kid first and and let that be your intention rather than, hey, let me help you with this. Because once they know that you're there, 
like they'll open up and you'll have that chance to work on things with them. Right. Whether it be etiquette, you know, like if a, if a kid is just not getting that at home. Right. Like, hey, say yes, sir. No, sir. Or yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Mm-hmm. They have to first see that. OK, this person's in my corner. And so uh, I I really kind of try to push that of just being there. Like that's that's what Christ does for us. And so he doesn't try to fix us, but he lets us know he's there walking alongside of us. Right. And so every mentee is not going to be perfect. Like we're not perfect. Right. But God's grace is sufficient. Right. And so his his grace is what kind of it, it covers us in in our walk. And so just being the Christ centered mentor for that mentee, like walking it out and letting them know that I'm here. Right. Yeah. Like, so I love the yeah. belong before behave thing, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. it, like, look, it's not determined by, you know, you're not in or out based on the choices that you're making. Look, yeah. you belong. Yeah. This is, you know, I like we've got that. a place for you here. Yeah. And then we can address. So just like you mentioned, make sure that they know that they belong first. And right. then we can start addressing those matters. Yeah. Take us back. I want to hear about Rich in junior high and high school. Ooh. You know, those, <laughs> those years. All right. So Ooh. tell us about, you know, just life and about who was investing in you. And then... I'm, I'm kind of curious when you start to kind of make that turn mm-hmm. of like, oh, you know what? This life spent is, is going to be best spent by by investing in others. Yeah. Oh, junior high and high school. Those are some times, man. <laughs> I would say, you know, again, still trying to find who I was. I was great at football. And so that was my outlet. That and boxing. Anything that was, you know, aggressive or, mm-hmm. or, or even playing if drums. If you could hit people, you were yes, okay. Yes, yes. Like that was my voice, right. I felt. Okay. Right. And so it got me in a lot of trouble. My and, and my dad in junior high was the PTA president. And so there were times where we would have to have discussions that weren't necessarily good for his name with assistant principals. Again, one in particular, Mr. Douglas, it was one of the biggest fights of middle school. I didn't want to fight because my dad, again, my dad, PTA president, I just wanted to make sure I made him proud. It was a guy, his name was David. It was David and Goliath, except for he was bigger than (laughs) I was. And so I was cornered. I mean, I handled my business. I ended up getting expelled. And Mr. Douglas, because he knew my father, again, who he became a bit of an influence as well. He he was like, hey, if you call your father and you let him know what took place, then we'll talk about this expulsion, right? And so him holding me accountable again and putting the ball back in my court and you know, like him caring enough because every principal doesn't give you that that chance to like, hey, you can fix this, right? And so I was able to do that, and I mean, I was able to get back into school the next mm-hmm. year, and so that was that was that was middle school, and so high school, kind of the same thing. I ended up getting kicked out of high school again. Had the biggest fight, and what happened was I was passive. I became passive aggressive. Because I was always in trouble, elementary all the way up. And I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Number one, because my dad would always give me that talk of like, hey, now this is, we can't do this. And so being, becoming passive aggressive, I would hold things in. And once I was pushed to that point, I would just would explode. And so uh, being passive aggressive, I didn't really talk much about what I was going through. And I was showing in action. And uh, that got me sent to alternative school. Once I was in alternative school, I had a group of teachers who, again, who invested in me, who saw like, hey, you have a lot of potential, like you can you can be whatever you desire to be. And so, my again, my dad, he was a great pastor. He also started a nonprofit 
And so where I found my voice was being, you know, his right hand man working alongside of him. And it was it was to keep me out of trouble, to be honest, mm-hmm. like kind of kind of have me under his belt a little bit. And so just being able to see how he he moved and see him pour into kids and because he was a mentor. And so it, there were times where I had to share my dad with other young men and watching the way that he loved them and how he took them in. He was he was pretty much like the greatest mentor. And so being able to see how he impacted their lives at a young age for me was like, okay, maybe this is what I do. And so I I would say it started then coming out of high school, you know, doing a nonprofit thing of being in the inner city. We would we would hold three on three basketball tournaments and just like summer events. And so to be able to see my friends, because a lot of those guys were my friends, to see them impacted because they didn't have a father. But to see my father be a mentor for them was like, I think this is this is what I want to do. Uh, I always love to make people feel well about themselves. And so being being able to see my father do it in a in a. I don't know, a, I don't want to say a a Christian way, mm-hmm. but because I feel like that's so broad, but to be able to do it in a in a in an excellent way to model who Christ was, you know. Well, Rich, I think that your story, man, of those, you know, those all important, pivotal junior high, high school years, right? Those formative years where to hear you say, like many of us, just, we struggle, we just don't get it, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and we should be getting it right because yeah. we've kind of had the chance and we've, and it, it almost sounds like you had the resources, you had the support, yeah. but you just weren't ready, We're right? You just weren't prepared for it. Exactly. What I, what I also hear is that it sounds like once you realized purpose, right? Like once you were, once you felt maybe empowered to yeah. be a part of something bigger than yourself yeah. so that the passive aggressiveness wouldn't kind of be what rules you or right. whatever else, you know, you were struggling for in, in significance, you know, yeah. maybe it just makes it kind of easier, right? Yeah. And we yeah. think about with teenagers, they're living their lives, even today, you know, they're at school right? and their significance is, is up for grabs, right? Like, yeah. like we would say you're, you're valuable, you're important. The Lord loves you, yeah. you know, yeah. and yet they're in an environment that is speaking against that completely telling them you're not good enough. You're sure. not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you know, and, and you don't have a future, whatever else. So yeah. it's, it's all the more reason why we kind of realize as mentors, we have such an important job to do here, but that also, you know, and, and this is maybe what makes it difficult too, because we kind of all wish that we would see the fruit of our labor, right? you know, yeah. Yeah. and that this kid would be making the grades and they'd be right. suing, you know, excellence in sports and whatever else. But, yeah. but to be honest with you, maybe there was even a time that we could look at the life of Rich Thompson and be like, man, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It was a big, I don't know, man. I, and I, I'll be, be honest, you know, I, even in my adulthood, there were still times where I'm like, man, you've got to get it together. Like, I mean, there always, I think becomes that, that time where you have to look yourself in the mirror and you know, you, you have to, hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. But then goes back those times where I hear Mr. Douglas or I hear my father or I hear Miss Williams hold me accountable. And so now I know, you know, I, I can't let myself now let not only them down, but, but me, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to, you know, you know, deal with whatever I deal myself or whatever position I put myself in. And so I think for mentors to be mindful of our walk, and how long it may have taken us to to get it right, or we're still trying to get it right, mm-hmm. and to have that grace that's shown to us that that Christ He He shows to us every day, you right? Know, you know? That we still rely on, right? Oh, yeah, because yeah. I don't have it figured out. Not at all. I don't. 
I'm uh, not, <laughs> I, I should not, you know, I would say this, I, I shouldn't be able to do what I get to do, but for the grace of God. For sure. And even this last week with sitting down with one of my mentees who's a young adult and just him saying, who, who I'm going to be getting into one of our programs here pretty soon to be encouraging teenagers. He's like, hey, are you sure yeah. I, I should be doing this? And I was like, dude, I could tell you, you know, seven things right now yeah. that, of, of things that I'm, I'm dealing with or have dealt with. And yeah. it, it, would, it would answer that question pretty yeah. quick, dude. Yeah. Hey, you're okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, well, hey, Richard, are, are any of the, the mentors that, that you've already shared with us, and I'm so glad to hear about these people specifically, but are, are any of them still with us? Are these people that you still at all ever get to talk to? So I, I'm currently trying to find Miss Williams. Mm-hmm. That since I'm, I've gotten older now, I'm like, hey, I, I have to reach out to her to let mm-hmm. her see her words weren't, you know, they didn't fall on death ears. At one point they may have, you know, sure. but there was that seed that she planted. So Mr. Douglas, I, I know for sure he he's still alive and still going. He, I think, may have just retired from the school environment. And so just trying to reach, again, they're in Indianapolis, Indiana. So it's just like not being able to sit down and get coffee with them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every day is it's something that I, you know, I do desire to see if she is still out there and still alive. But that's something I am definitely working on. Oh, man, that's awesome to hear. Because as you know, as even we've talked about, you know, the work of the mentor so often. Yes. Man, again, you're planting seeds. You're you're watering plants. You are are doing the work. Yeah. And and you you will never, you know, what do they say? You'll you'll never really rest under the shade of that tree. Yeah. But that's not why we do it, right? Not not at all. We know that, that this is obedience to the Lord. Yes, sir. And we know that this is about, you know, changing a life that that will may just be decades away from us. So, but I, I I would love to, you know, be privy to that conversation of when you share with Miss Williams, you know, this is, this is what I get to do. And I mean, that would be, that would be a remarkable thing to hear for sure. So I I hope that that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Tell us a little bit about Mentoring Alliance, just as an organization for those who, who are unaware about what you do and what, what it is. So, yes, sir. We're a Christ-centered organization. We're based out of Tyler and that is, that is our our mecca. That's our, our our place that we were birthed out of, and we are now in Waco, Texas, and we're able to service twenty mentors right right now. Which was, I mean, it was a dream at first, but to be able to support and walk with the mentors and mentees is is phenomenal. We're able to get them out of our after school program as well, and some of the schools that we are in and that we are servicing along with one-offs in the community, people that we have relationships with, just asking them that, hey, you know, have you ever thought about being a mentor? Mm -hmm. And explaining to them like what a mentor is and the greatest mentor that I can put before them is is Jesus Christ. Like every time we get it wrong, like he's there, right? He's he's the one that covers us. He he shed his blood for us. And so that is kind (laughs) of what it is to be a mentor is like, is is not pretty you know is there's going to be some bloodshed in there be some tears and you know all that and so just to kind of give them that picture a lot of them have liked the blood hearing hearing about the i don't know it sounds <laughs> crazy but they some of them like to hear that it's not going to be easy yeah and i i would say that that's been kind of our our push is to find christ-centered individuals who know what it is you know not to be perfect and and have christ to walk with them in their imperfection and able and wanting wanting to do that same thing for for our kids. Yeah, no kidding. And that, I think we've both lived long enough to know that really the most important the things in life are usually the, the most difficult. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Marriage. Yes. Our faith. <laughs> yeah. You know, family. Just parenting. Yeah. Right. These are these. This is work. But it's, work. But it's amazing. 
just as just as mentoring is as well. How do you guys mainly recruit? How do you find, you know, 20 mentors is incredible. Right. And so we're in Waco. We have Baylor, of course. Right. But yes. what just, you know, this is kind of for those that maybe are in organizations and think, man, what, what resources am I not really thinking about when it comes to being able to recruit? Right. So how we recruit is through our churches. We try to find as many Christ-centered mentors okay. through churches. Also, like I said, in relationship, if you if there's a person that, you know, there's a good friend of yours who they may have a family, but they may have never thought about mentoring, but they're a great friend, right? I think those sometimes are the greatest mentors because they know what it is to be a friend. And that's that's what we as mentors have to first be, is that friend. And then also another thing that I, I do in my recruiting process is part of my background, who would have thought that I would be back in schools, right? Like I, I worked in the schools for a while, for over a decade. And so just going back in, getting some of those relationships, principals or administrators, well, they, they are administrators, sorry, but CIS, the those platforms and those pipelines to be able to pull from those are are big. And then, you know, just being a billboard about Christ, first of all, but then, you know, having Mentoring Alliance also on the chest and, and letting them know like, hey, come join, you know, what we're able to do. Sure. So, so again, it sounds like presence, and building relationships that those administrators know that they can trust you, right? right because you're right. representing this organization out of Tyler, which is which is East Texas. Yes. And you guys, if I'm not mistaken, I think y'all are also going to be doing some work in Abilene, is it? Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. which we'll is be, exciting. You're yeah. in, a, in a new community there. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be doing summer camps there really soon. And talking about summer camps, we were able to launch our summer camp in Robinson this year, okay. which was, I mean, it was a dream come true because we didn't know how it was going to happen. So God opened that door for us. And so, yeah, we're in 21 locations in Tyler, but but now we're in six different locations in Waco. And so God is really opening the doors and and, and now in the Abilene, we'll be in two, 10 different locations. And so he's, he's doing it. That's awesome. Again, just, it's a win-win across the board, isn't it? To think about being in the community and having all of those potential mentors find a station, right? Find their, their role. My guess is as well that you guys offer training yes, and accountability and support for all your mentors. Yes, sir. So a part of our vetting, the mentors, is that's one of our big port points is is giving that training. Because if you've never been a mentor, you don't know where to start, right? And mm-hmm. kind of where I vet some of my mentors on the first thing is, you know, we don't have to be perfect. If you stubbed your toe last night, you can tell your mentor, turn the lights on, mentee, I'm sorry, turn the lights on first before you start walking like that is that may rock a kid's world because they always wake up no lights i'm trying to figure out why i always stub my toe Mm -hmm. and you know you just being there number one i mean you your presence gives them hope from because you weren't there so you just being there is a big step already but then just giving those uh, brief little nuggets of you know you walking out life and what that looks like so we do give that training we also check in with them periodically building that relationship of me being a mentor coach you can rely on me when you need me if i don't have the answer i can go find it but just having that safety net because being a mentor sometimes can be scary you may deal with situations that you never have dealt with in your life and so being able to have a person that to find the resources for you or to give you pointers is imperative i feel i feel like every mentor needs a mentor and so i try to i try to become that mentor coach but that mentor for them in in being a mentor Mm -hmm. i'm telling you what you know we think about the spiritual battle that we're in right yeah and i just say this all the time the the enemy is at work isolating making us feel like we are first 
alone. And, and that, that makes us feel that we can't do it. But the beauty of our faith, the beauty of the church is the fact that the Lord has said, I'm, listen, never will I leave you, never will I yeah. forsake you. And so even that idea of having a mentor coach and having that accountability and that support of saying, listen, your problem is our problem. Right. And that, right. I think that's all the difference in the world right there. Just that's to right. say, if issues come up and they will, yeah. because it's relationship and it's with people, but we've got your back. And yeah. we will, you know, I'll make it a point, as you said, if I don't have the answer, I'll find the answer. Right. So yeah. that speaks to hope. And, oh, yeah. and I think that's a really wonderful thing as well. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of crazy about mentoring. Yeah. You know, Rich, you've already kind of really painted us a picture of your life to say that, that mentors made a really important impact on your life. And you now just kind of decided, maybe share with us a little bit, you know, when did you really know that, that you would commit the mentoring. I mean, was it this, uh, this aha moment of the Lord's revelation? Was it just kind of a process by process? But, you know, when did you really make that corner or turn that corner to say, I want to be a mentor? Yeah, I think that came through for me working in the schools on a daily basis, seeing the need. Like, I mean, it's just in your face. Some kids are homeless and some of the teachers don't know it. Or, you know, or mom is, you know, working night shifts and the kid either got very little sleep, no sleep. And then they come to school hungry. And it's just like, okay, who was going to fulfill that need, right? They come, they're there eight hours a day, but then they got to go back home and, you know, in that environment. And so I was a behavioral specialist. And so, you know, a lot of times I would be the only hug or fist bump that a lot of these kids would get. And so being able to see the impact that I was having on their lives, it they, they went from calling me Mr. T to Uncle T. Mm. And- that spoke volumes to me because I'm like, you want to trust me to be an uncle. Like you don't, we don't know each other like that, but we do. Right. And so there was then where Miss Williams and Mr. Douglas stood up in me. And when they did say like, that's my uncle T, they wanted to be different from calling me Mr. T from everybody else. And I'll never forget it. It was four girls at Carver middle school. And I mean, they were tough. They, <laughs> they pretty much kind of ran the hallways. And when they said things, it was for the most part. And so when they were like, oh, we want to call you Uncle T. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Well, if you call me Uncle T, I have to be able to hold you accountable as an uncle would. And we made that agreement there in the hallway. All right, okay, cool. And so to be able to do that and hold them accountable and still show them that I love them in that, right? Because kids, they, they want to be held accountable. They just don't know it all the time, you know? And so being able to do that, that's when the light, like cut on for me, it was like, mm -hmm. this is my calling. Like, right. Not only just youth ministry, but, you know, being a, outside of the church, right. Being that light in school and being that mentor. And so, yeah, that's what I guess really hit it for me. It was like, you know, this is, this is your call to, to be a mentor. Right. That is the gold for sure. Yeah. yeah. I would love for anybody to call me Mr. T. Because <laughs> I pity the fool. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, here's a hard question. Or maybe yeah. it's not, but I'm going to hit you with it. Sure. Okay. You ready? Yeah. So in the face of incredible need, which mm -hmm. is what, you know, you endured and, and a lot of mentors do when they're right. in the public school system and, and when they're in some hard places, how do you think the mentor can keep from getting overwhelmed by, by that? Because I'm sure that is a, that is a yeah. danger that many mentors just, they just get tired, right? Yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of continuing to understand they have this much capacity, right. and they ha but they're seeing an incredible amount of need. So yeah. Rich, what do, you, how, what do you say about that? That's a good question. I, I feel, again, Christ calls us to be disciples, right? And so- calling others to to the the greatness of of what you know needs to be ministered to not only in the schools or you know 
as being a mentor, like to your life. I think we all need to have those people that we can lean on. And so as a mentor, I would say have another mentor to be yours. I, I feel like no no man is an island by himself. Like no no one person can do it all. And us as mentors, I'll just say I have a thing with with you know understanding other men that we're fixers, right? Like we feel like we need to fix things. And so we I feel like we we try to put the world on our shoulders being husbands and fathers and you know whatever other role we hold we want to make sure that it's fixed after we leave and so that can be very burden burdensome and so find somebody else to to be with you in that because the great the, the need is great and so it's like knowing that the need is great that you can't fulfill it all have grace for yourself on those days that is hard and you may have a mentor or mentee I'm sorry who just went to jail right and as a mentor you can feel like, man, I, I just failed this kid, right? But you, we all know that we are living out our story, right? That, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That is that mentee's testimony that, you know, yes, I had a mentor to to lead me and to direct me, but I still, you know, I, I had to walk my life out. And so on those days that it's hard, just finding somebody to, that you know, that can bear your burden with you. And I, I, I mean, I know Christ is there for us, but having someone there that's tangible, like, you know, like a John, mm-hmm. right. Uh, to be able to voice or ask questions or yeah. Like just be able to express how you're feeling because you deal with a lot as a mentor. I love it. That's yeah. truth, man. I mean, I'm hearing, I'm just kind of hearing the other, you know, it's not, it's not about me. Even as God calls us, he doesn't call us to say, look, you got everything you need go out and do it and just be fine with it for right. years and years. Yeah. He says, no, I want you to deny yourself. I want you, I do want you to take up this cross. This right. is the cross of mentoring. Maybe right. the one that I'm asking you to pick up. But listen, third part, yeah. most important, follow me, right? right? Like, I've, I've got you. And not only am I encouraging you, not only am I there for you when you need to turn around and say, okay, what next? Like, I'm, I'm actually leading you in this. I'm, yeah. I'm the leader of this thing, right? Yeah. And then, as you mentioned, I think it's so important that you might be in a, in a listener, you might be in a place where you're thinking about mentoring or you are mentoring and you're struggling because you don't have exactly what Rich is talking about in terms of the other, as far as someone else who is kind of along this journey with you. And maybe that is the need to just begin praying for, Lord, send me somebody to, to be my helper in this, that I can, whether it's an organization or whether it's the support of another mentor, to just say, I can't do this on my own. Right. The stakes are too high. The, the, it's, it's too much of, a, kind of an important thing in life for me to just fail at this and to not, and, and again, to attempt even to do it on your own. Yeah. But to say... I really just need someone to come along who is who is going to be, you know, in this boat with me and yep. we can and we can survive this thing together. Yeah. Well, Rich, you just have really given us some gold this morning. I thank you for sharing your story, and I thank you for sharing your wisdom. I'm thankful that there are men like you and women who are out there doing the good work, who are in tough places. So thank you for giving and using your gifts as well. You know, we mentioned your your desire as a musician, your, your, your talent, and your understanding that, that the heart that you have for music and drumming is the very thing that connects you with others. And, you know, I always talk about it with my deal with skateboards yeah. as well. Yeah. It's just the same thing. Like, I like this I like this temporal thing because it speaks to the eternal, right? right? Yeah. And music is the same way. It's a way to connect with young people and to, to raise them up yeah. and, and speak wisdom into their life. And yeah. so I, I appreciate that as well. Listener, 
I want to say that to you as well. It's the thing that you enjoy doing. It might even be the thing that you say, oh, you know what? This is kind of my little thing. It's like where I'm not really thinking about anybody else. I'm just kind of enjoying, you know, fishing or whatever. I got to tell you, it might be time to consider using that thing to connect with people as well. You know, to invite someone along to be a part of that. What do you think about that? Yes, sir, man. That's, you said it well. Oh. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, again, Rich, I'm so appreciative. It's Mentoring Alliance. Yes, sir. Dot org. Yes, sir. Is that right? Yes, sir. <laughs> this is this is where I stumble through the how we how we get it yeah, how we get in touch. And you are Waco drummer, Waco street drummer, yes, Waco sir. street drummer. Uh-huh. Okay, and we've got a website for this thing. It's coming. Okay. Yes, sir. It's, it's under construction. It's under construction. <laughs> well, Rich, again, you're a blessing. I appreciate you, and thank you for reminding us that. Ready to live for this listener? You can mentor. 